0: Canine Nation ebooks are now available. The first two volumes, Dogs As They Are and Teaching Dogs Effective Learning, are available in bookstores now. More on how you can get them at the end of this podcast. Welcome to Canine Nation, Audio Edition. It's Wednesday, August 14th, 2013. Canine Nation is a regular feature column that runs on the Life as a Human online magazine. Life as a Human features articles about what it means to be human, the good, the bad, and the enlightening. This column explores what it means to be human in our relationship with dogs. You can find it at lifeasahuman.com. To get directly to Canine Nation, go to caninenation.lifeasahuman.com. A complete archive of all the Canine Nation articles can be found there. Hi, I'm Eric Brad. Canine Nation is about learning, understanding, and living successfully with our dogs. Modern animal training techniques based on behavioral science can produce amazing results in working with our dogs. Whether your dog is a loved family member or a working dog, a canine athlete, or a trusted companion, Positive training techniques based on science can help you enjoy a more productive and fun relationship with your dog. Join us as we explore the many facets of living with our dogs and taking a fresh look at how we work with them. Whether it's taking a closer look at everyday issues we share with our dogs or busting long standing myths about training and dog behavior, I hope you find something useful in each of the Canine Nation articles. We're glad you're with us. Now, here's this week's installment. Dogs, the best friend we hardly know. Depending on who you choose to believe, dogs have been an intimate part of our human experience for 40,000 years, or 12,000 years, or 6,000 or fewer years. Perhaps our close ties with dogs are an even more recent phenomenon. It seems almost ridiculous in our 21st century lives that we don't know more about our canine companions. They live in our homes, they sleep in our beds, they play with our children, and they bring us so much joy. How is it that we know so little about them? Fortunately, science has taken an interest in dogs, and our research into them is growing each year. Around the world, behaviorists, biologists, geneticists, and psychologists are taking a closer look at dogs. Work started in the 1930s has evolved into the science of ethology, the study of animal behavior. Newer sciences, such as neuroethology, are taking a biological approach to looking at the evolution and function of the nervous systems of our dogs and how they affect behavior. After centuries of folklore and guesswork about how and why dogs do the things they do, science is beginning to shine a light on the inner lives of dogs, and what we are finding is both surprising and in a way, expected. Unfortunately, what we often see in popular media like television and movies only repeats the same inaccurate folklore that we have dragged with us about dogs for decades. Science rarely gets the opportunity to enlighten us and educate us about what dogs really are and what they might think and feel. So, I was delighted recently when I found out about a conference being put on by the Society for the Promotion of Applied Research in Canine Sciences, or SPARKS for short. I consider myself lucky. Lucky first because I live only a few hours' drive from where the SPARKS conference was held, so it was practical for me to attend. But perhaps, more importantly, I consider myself lucky to have met Prescott Breeden, who runs positive pack leader dog training in Seattle, and the organizer behind the Sparks conference. Prescott and his team were able to bring eight of the world's foremost canine scientists and researchers together to talk about what they had learned. Perhaps the most fascinating aspect of the conference for me was the amazing diversity of viewpoints offered by the speakers at this conference from starkly clinical assessments of the genetics of dogs and wolves to consideration of their thoughts, emotions, and perspectives on their environment. The sheer volume of information presented in the more than 15 hours of talks was breathtaking. Not all of the speakers agreed with the conclusions of other speakers. There was not consensus on some common issues facing dogs in the modern world. And that is as it should be. Every answer begs more questions, and these were the people who were passionately pursuing the truth as it pertains to our modern dogs. One of the more fascinating talks for me was given by Dr. Raymond Coppinger, professor emeritus of biology at Hampshire College. In his talk, Coppinger presented research and data collected by geneticists, paleontologists, and anthropologists regarding the evolution of dogs and their integration into human society. Primarily, Coppinger tackled the common understanding that our modern dogs evolved from wolves. The surprising conclusion offered in his presentation is that science has no conclusive evidence that dogs are, in fact, descended from wolves. The genetic information available to us today allows that dogs could have descended from wolves, but that same data could be interpreted to show that dogs evolved from coyotes, or even that wolves evolved from dogs. Clearly, science has more to learn before we can be certain about the origins of the modern dog. In his talk on the origins of the modern dog, Dr. Adam McClossey, Associate Professor and Leader of the Department of Ethology at a university in Budapest, Hungary, spoke about the difference between domestic and domesticated animals. Domesticating an animal requires that humans become an important selection mechanism in addition to the environment in order to shape the future genetics of a species. Clearly, the modern dog is one of the earliest examples of human influence and selection in shaping a species of animal regardless of the dog's early genetic origins. Inasmuch as we have shaped the evolution of the dog, Dr. McClosey also suggested that the integration of dogs into human society may have functioned as a selection pressure on us as well, making humans and dogs co-evolutionary partners, with each species influencing the development of the other. But dogs are more than mindless biological machines. This point of view was well represented at the conference. Talks by Dr. Mark Bekoff, noted ethologist and professor emeritus at the University of Colorado, presented compelling insights into the emotional lives of animals. By observing animals, Dr. Beckoff believes that he has found evidence that dogs have the ability to form a theory of mind, that they can understand that others have their own point of view, which may be different from their own. Beckoff offered biological comparisons of human and canine brain and nervous systems as a basis for assuming that dogs have the kinds of thoughts and emotions that we do unless we can prove otherwise. This forms the foundation of what he calls compassionate conservation, an approach to interacting with animals as compassionate, thinking, and feeling beings. Dr. Beckoff's sentiments were echoed in the comments of other scientists at the conference. Dr. Michael Fox, veterinarian and Ph.D. in ethology and animal behavior, offered information on canine nutrition, behavior, and early development. Dr. Alexandra Horowitz, professor of psychology at Barnard College, Columbia University, shared some of her research into canine cognition and problem solving based on data from her canine cognition lab at Columbia. Contributions by Dr. Clive Wynn of the University of Florida, Dr. Catherine Lord of the University of Massachusetts, and Dr. Monique Udell, assistant professor of animal sciences at Oregon State University, all added rich and thought-provoking research as well. As someone who works with people to help them teach their dogs, sometimes called a dog trainer, I often have an on-the-ground viewpoint that deals with the daily struggles of living with modern dogs. jumping. Nipping, disobedience, not coming when called, and other unwanted behaviors are all a part of my regular interactions with dogs and their owners. The Sparks Conference gave me a chance to step away from all of that and just consider the dog for itself, its origins, its behavior, its biology, and its place in our larger society. Much of what I learned will impact how I work with dogs and their owners from now on. It was surprising to me to learn that about 70% of the world's dog population do not live in homes with owners. These are the village dogs that scavenge and attempt to survive in many parts of the world. Even more surprising was the statistic that only one out of 20 dogs in the world will live past the age of one year. Learning about the various ways dogs have integrated into different human societies worldwide highlighted an incredible adaptive talent that we sometimes take for granted in our dogs. I believe that Prescott Breeden is on to something with his Sparks Conference. His incredible generosity in broadcasting the conference live over the Internet free to anyone who wished to watch was done at some considerable expense. The caliber of presenters he was able to assemble and the masterful way the information was presented also shows an important professionalism. Perhaps the most valuable and most easily overlooked aspect of the conference were the panel discussions at the end of each day where the scientists could interact with each other and the audience on a wide range of dog-related topics. Sparks was an important event. It was an attempt to bring the worlds of dog training and dog science together. The result was an atmosphere rich with information and learning on both sides. I know I came away from the weekend with new insights from the talks of noted scientists, and I'm sure the scientists came away with more to think about from having interacted with us. I want to thank Prescott and his team for creating the Sparks Conference. He plans to continue the initiative and is already planning next year's conference, but that will take support from the dog training community. Prescott has set up memberships for SPARKS at varying levels to help promote canine research and to continue creating opportunities for the community of canine science to come together with dog trainers more regularly to share what we are learning. I'm proud to be a Spark supporter, and I hope to see many more great events of this kind as we support canine research. If you care about your dogs, you should care about the science behind them. Please support Sparks and other efforts like these. Until next time, have fun with your dogs. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Canine Nation. You can find the text version of it at caninenation.lifeisahuman.com. Teaching Dogs Effective Learning is the second Canine Nation ebook to be released. It is a collection of essays from the Life as a Human online magazine on how we train and teach our dogs and what we can learn in the process. The book includes introductory notes for each essay, as well as two essays written specifically for this book. Also available is the first Canine Nation eBook, Dogs as They Are, a look at what our dogs are, where they have come from, and how they adapt to our lives. Both books are available in the Canine Nation store in Kindle format, EPUB format for iPads, Kobo, Nook, and other e-readers, or a special PDF edition formatted for instructors that includes licensing for reprints for students. Just go to caninenation.ca and click on the store link at the top of the page. You can also find Canine Nation eBooks in the Amazon store on Apple iTunes, at BookTango.com, and other online booksellers. You can join our discussion about dogs and dog training on Facebook. Just search for Canine Nation to get to our group. You can ask for membership, and we'll add you to our growing family. If you can spread the word about the podcast, or link to our k9nation.lifeisahuman.com page, we would certainly appreciate it. That's it for now.